All right, Revelation chapter 14. Let's go ahead and pray once more. Jesus, thank you so much. You are a living hope, God, and what a powerful name it is, God. Your name, Lord, and we come together today in your name. We come to worship you, to be with you, to seek you, and now to get into your word, God. And as we open your word, I ask, Lord, for your spirit to move greatly in our hearts, God, that you would move upon us, shake us, Lord, open our eyes, God, help us to be ready for your coming, Lord, at any time. God, we want to live for you. Our, our hearts are surrendered to you. Our life is dedicated to you. So even more today, God, with the things going on in this world, more than ever, we want to live for you. And that's my desire, God. We want to love you more. And so, Jesus, I pray that you bless your word today, that you would encourage us, Lord, that you would speak to us, and that every one of us here would leave here with a word from you through your Holy Spirit. So I ask for your touch and your anointing, and I ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Many years ago, this man was driving in Kilgore, Texas, and somehow his car swerved out of control, and he ran right into this light pole. Well, someone passing by found him to be okay, but he was unconscious. So the man was brought to a nearby gas station to get help and for them to call the ambulance. So you can tell this is very dated, yeah, because today we have our cell phones and all. So this was back then. Well, when he woke up there, he began to shake uncontrollably. His mouth dropped open, his eyes wide, and he tried to actually run away, but they were able to restrain him, subdue him, until the ambulance came and took him to the hospital. Well, after the man was treated there at the hospital, and when he finally opened his mouth to talk, the mystery of that reaction back at the gas station came to light. You see, this man had been brought to a Shell gas station, yeah, a Shell gas station. But the letter S had fallen off the sign. So when he regained conscious, opened his eyes, the very first thing this man saw was a sign that said, Hell, open 24 hours. Well, I hope this man gave his life to Jesus after that, right? I mean, that would be just horror, you know, to to think that you got in an accident, you died, and all of a sudden you woke up and you're in hell. Now, it's true. Hell is never closed. But it is also true. The door to heaven is always open. Amen? And that's to anyone who would give their life to Jesus Christ. So... As we return here to our study in the book of Revelation, God in his mercy and love reaches out to anyone out there in the tribulation who might still be there that they would know the door is still open. That's the title of our message. The door is still open. The door is still open. Now, we're going to Pick it up here in verse 6 in Revelation 14 to verse 13 this morning. That's our text. That's our passage. And in this passage, we're going to find four things. And this is our outline. And really, it's wrapped up into our points. Number one is the worldwide revelation. Number two, the worldwide notification. Number three is the worldwide declaration. And number four, the worldwide 
affirmation. And so I'll go through those for you guys taking notes again. But let's begin. Number one in our outline, the worldwide revelation. The worldwide revelation. Now here in this section, we're going to look at verses 6 and 7. And uh, let's go ahead and read this right now. It says in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth the sea and the springs of water. And so we'll stop right there. Now, we begin here, and John is describing what he saw next in the vision that God is giving him here. Now, you remember last time in the first part of chapter 14, we saw how God transported John to the end of the tribulation where Jesus met with 144,000, right? And we saw that these guys were still standing strong, even making it all the way to the end. So we saw that last week. Our title was still standing strong. Well, here, as we get into verse 6 here in chapter 14, I believe John is now brought back to the midpoint of the tribulation around that time. And, and you'll see as, a, as we unfold this text and study it today. So I believe John is brought back now, brought back to that midpoint of the tribulation. Now, chapter 14 is in between the trumpet judgments and the coming bold judgments that we're going to be seeing very soon in, in chapter 16. So, so we're in between the, what happened with the seals and then the trumpet judgments. And then we had that pause, right? God went over Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet, all these things. So we're still kind of in this in-between place. But we're in that midpoint. And so what's about to be poured out is the bold judgments. And the next thing is Jesus is returning. So I want you to keep that in, in the context of where we are in the book of Revelation. And so at this point now, in this book, we're like on this last lap. We're, there's one more lap to go. yeah. And then the end comes and Jesus returns. All right, so at this point in the tribulation, before the, the seven bowls are poured out, what is seen here? Well, John writes, I saw another angel. It's another one of God's holy angels, and, and, and that's what is appearing here. And then this angel, says in verse 6, was flying directly overhead. The word overhead literally means like mid-air, and it refers to the highest point in the sky. The sun is like at noontime. So this angel is in the high part of the sky, flying all around the whole earth. And so this angel... Is, is in a position really flying around the whole earth where everyone can see him. And that, that's what it's really talking about with this holy angel flying overhead. And so this angel is sent on a mission. And this mission is to proclaim, and we read here in verse 6, the eternal gospel. And what is that? Well, that's salvation in Jesus, right? That we can have forgiveness and have eternal life in heaven that we can have it for sure 
that in Jesus we have that forgiveness, we can be cleansed of our sin, and we would be able to go into heaven when we die. So here's this angel flying around with the gospel, sharing the gospel, proclaiming Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, his resurrection, how you can be saved, how you can go to heaven. And so he's flying around with the eternal gospel, and who is he proclaiming this to? Well, it says here, to those who dwell on the earth. So understand that he's flying where people not only can see him, but they can hear him as he proclaims the gospel to all who dwell on the earth. And to make sure, God says to every now, nation, and every tribe, every language, and people. I, I almost, I, I, I had a thought when I was starting thinking, every language? I wonder what language he's speaking. <laughs> I don't know, maybe it's all languages. Maybe when he's over a certain area, he's speaking their language. I don't know, maybe God's giving the ears to hear whatever the language is. But either way, Everyone at this time, every single person on the planet sees this angel and hears the message of Jesus Christ. So that's the idea here. Remember, the tribulation is really what? The time of God's judgment, right? His wrath is being poured upon the world. And that's why I believe, right, we, I've talked about before, that the church is not here. That believers are taken home in the rapture before the tribulation happens because it's a time of God's judgment poured on the world. But look at this here. You know what's amazing here in verse 6? Even in this time, these years, seven years of judgment, you know what? God graciously gives people the opportunity to repent. Do you see that going on here? Now, We've seen, as we study this book, like back in Revelation 7, that, that God in His grace and mercy, He sends 144,000 Jewish missionaries to the Jews, and the world sees them too. We saw in Revelation chapter 11, two witnesses. God sends two witnesses out, right? I believe they're like Elijah and Moses, and, uh, but two witnesses like them. And they coming out preaching Jesus to the Jews, and the whole world sees it, right? Because when they die... The whole world sees them die, right? The Antichrist kills them. But, at the, but then the whole world sees them rise up from the dead and go ascend into heaven. We study that back in Revelation 11. All that is God reaching out to the world in His grace and mercy, even in this time of judgment. And He's getting their attention. Remember the two witnesses did these incredible miracles and plagues and fire coming down and all this. And, and he, you know, all this... I, I feel like it's, it's for the people of the world to look, look, this is God. This power is God. They're speaking for God. But you know what? Even in the cataclysmic events, right, from the judgment in the seven seals, from the judgments in the seven trumpets, even that is for the world to, to for God to grab their attention, to look to God. And we know that's what it's doing because sadly, though, uh, in Revelation 6, uh, verse 16 and 17, they know it right here. The world knows this is God's judgment. Yet, in Revelation 9, 20, 21, they do not repent. So, even in all this time of judgment, God is still trying to reach the world. And so, right here in verse 6 and 7, in Revelation 14, God sends, I think, the ultimate attention getter. And this is this angel from heaven, this spiritual being flying out. Now, I was trying to imagine, here's this real live angel flying around. 
And I was trying to imagine, is he like a little tiny angel? <laughs> you know, like a mosquito angel? Or is he a person-sized angel? You know what I think? I think he's a huge angel. That's what I think. I think he's like super huge so all the world can see. So it grabs the attention of all the world. And we're going to see that this angel, he speaks with this, well, we see it in verse 7, a loud voice, right? he's speaking with this super loud voice so everyone can hear him. And as he flies around the world, this huge angel, I don't know why, I pictured, um, you know, on those uh, alien movies, um, when this alien comes down over the city, it's like giant, right? It's so big, it puts a shadow over the whole giant city with millions and millions of people. That's what I kind of imagine, something like that, but even bigger where the angel flies and the shadow of angel comes across the countries to grab the attention of the people and then he speaks loudly where everyone can hear the message. So that, that's what I picture going on here. Now, in verse 7, as I mentioned, and he said, the angel said with a loud voice. So the message is heard and he adds to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He adds to this and says, Fear God and give Him glory. Remember when we read in the Bible about fearing God, it's about respecting God, giving Him that respect and that honor that is due Him. And to give Him glory is to acknowledge really, to recognize Him as the one true God. So this angel saying, look you guys, i am come with the message from the one true God. Respect him, honor him, acknowledge that he is the one true God. And, and, and here's where I think it's, it's happening around the midpoint of the tribulation because the world is, is moved into worship of the Antichrist. So the angel's like, hey, don't worship the Antichrist. There's only one true God. He's not God. Satan isn't God. Yeah? It's the one true God. He is the one and worship God alone. And then the angel says in verse 7 here, right? It says, because the hour of judgment has come. He's like, look, you guys, judgment has come. We're in the tribulation. And now when the seven bowls are poured out, the final judgment, and then Jesus returns, you know, judgment is going to come. So you guys, hey, wake up, get attention. Look, hey, fear God, glorify God. Because you know what? Judgment is coming. And I like that he proclaimed the gospel because God's sending this message. Look, you can avoid this judgment. How? By going to Jesus Christ. He died to atone for your sins. So even in this time of judgment, the door is still open. You can still come to Jesus and be saved and avoid the judgment that is coming. So God offers a way to avoid this judgment by believing in Jesus. And so this loud call goes out to the world. And verse 7 says, Worship him who made heaven and earth. In other words, this is the one true God. This is the creator of the world around us. He's our creator. He's the powerful one. He's the Elohim. He's the guy that is in control of everything. And then notice the angel adds this in part of the message that God gives to the world. Uh, He made also, the creator made the sea and the springs of water. Now, isn't that interesting? To me, it's interesting because I could think of, well, if he said heaven and earth, well, earth covers everything on the earth. But why is this pointed out here? You know what I think? I think that 
God is reminding the world that the, the creator can only restore yeah, the earth. He's the only one. Satan can't do it. The Antichrist can't do it. They haven't changed things. For if you remember back in trumpet number two judgment, that one third of the oceans were contaminated, right? And all the sea creatures died, one, one, one third of the sea creatures. And then the, one, the third trumpet, the one third of the fresh waters were undrinkable. Yeah, so think about the, the, the death and the stink we talked about that going on. And even with the Antichrist being worshipped as all-powerful and Satan being worshipped, they cannot change the condition of what's going on in the world. Think about the hydraulic, hy, hydraulical you know, uh, system, right? Um, hi, what's it called? Something like that, right? Uh, where, where water evaporates, yeah? The ocean water evaporates, goes into clouds, and goes over the land and rains. Think about how that must have been disrupted even at this time. So here's God reminding everyone, look, I'm the creator. I'm the one created. The Satan guys, they, they cannot do anything about that. So the angel calls the world to honor the creator. You know why? Because he's the one in control. He's the one that we really be, are going to be accountable. He's the one, the creator, that's bringing this judgment. So this is that whole picture. This is the idea here. Now, remember, I want to put this in your minds, how we saw in the last chapter how the Antichrist is lifted up as that ultimate man, right? The, he's reached that highest level of, of human evolution. He's ascended to this place where he's powerfully spiritually he has power to do things in that way and 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 they worship him because that's what the whole human race and world seeks to be to be like him but here's this angel god sends this angel to call to the world to return to what romans 1 25 said how the world worship and serve the creation right rather than the creator. So this is God's plan. He's bringing them back. Look, he's shaking them out. Look, look, look what humanity has done. They've gone so far away, centering humans as the center of the universe and not God, the creator, as the center of the universe. So here's this angel going out preaching this message. Can you imagine this giant angel overshadowing cities, countries, you know, a shadow flying through, kind of, oh, maybe people get chicken skin, like, whoa, what's going on? And then this loud voice speaking loudly. And again, maybe perhaps in their language, whatever country they go, and I was like, whoa, I can understand this angel. I can sta understand the message. I was thinking about this. How many people have really claimed, they claim, how many people have really seen an angel? How many people have really heard an angel speak? Not many. I mean, we read, read books and stuff, and, and, and I, I talked to a missionary who saw a giant angel guarding the orphanage in Thailand, and I, I believe her. But how many people do we really know, you know? I mean, have you? Maybe you have, and you're in this room, or you're, on, on, you're online. But here, think about this. Every person in the world will experience this revelation. They will see a real life angel of God and they will hear the message 
the angel speaking. So, here's our point. As the earth's darkest hour approaches, our loving creator sends this angel. The worldwide revelation is to tell everyone there is still time to repent. That's what God is doing there. That's his love. The worldwide revelation is to tell everyone there is still time to repent. The door is still open, you guys. The door is still open. One little girl was looking up at her grandma, and she noticed the lines and wrinkles on on grandma's face. And and then she turned to grandma's skin and looked at the lines and all. Then she looked looked at her own skin on her own arm. And the little girl saw how smooth, baby-like it was on her own arms. And then the little girl looked up at grandma and, and asked, Grandma, did God make you? The grandma replied, yes, honey, God made me. He, he made everybody. The little girl asked, Grandma, did God make me? Oh, yes, God made everyone. God made you too. Then the little girl said, oh, I guess God is doing a lot better job these days. <laughs> well, at least the little girl acknowledges that God is the creator. And I think that's something we need to be reminded about. That God is our creator. He's the one who made us. And that, you know what, we, we have an accountability to our creator. No matter where you're at, in your walk or your relationship with God, we have to understand that God is the true God. Some people say, I'm a self-made man. You know, I did this. I, I built my business. I did my career. I, this is the house I built. This is, I did put all this together. Yeah, maybe, but who gave you the talents? Who gave you the energy? Who gave you the money? Who gave you the job? It was God. Who gave you the life as we stand or sit here today, right? We're breathing. Why? Because God gave us life. We didn't give ourselves life, yeah? It was God who did that. He is our creator. Maybe you're even a believer today, and you do believe God is creator, yet... You do not give the glory and honor as you should to your Creator. And if we really believe God is our Creator, then we will want to seek out, well, what does our Creator want of us, right? We want to be accountable to them. We want, I mean, He calls the shots, not us. And that's what the angels are trying to bring the world to and let them know, look, you guys, it's still time to repent so god has this worldwide revelation to tell the world look the door is still open the door is still open let's go to number two now number two the worldwide notification the worldwide notification now here is verse eight we're just in this section is just one verse verse eight and take a look at verse eight revelation 14 another angel a second followed, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, she who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. Okay, now God sends out another angel. It's following the first one, this second angel. So this is angel number two. And I believe he's just as big, just as loud, just, as, just like the other one. But he comes with a different message. And I was just saying, it's not enough to send one angel to get your attention. Oh, God sends another one, yeah? So imagine, whoa, ho, ho, right? It's getting your attention. So that's God's love again. 
So God is reaching out with another message. And the second angel says with a loud voice, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. So what is that? Let's try and understand. Well, Babylon, we know, is a city. It's the ancient city. Today, it's in the area of Iraq. Babylon was where King Nebuchadnezzar, right, uh, had his the first world empire, right, was Babylon. So Babylon, some believe, could be the capital of where the Antichrist rules from. That's where he set up, you know, and it, maybe maybe it could be in today's day, Iraq there, and Babylon, the ancient city, is still there. Uh, for me, I, I, I tend to look at it differently, and a lot of other commentators do. There's another view, is that Babylon speaks about the whole one world political, economical, spiritual system of the Antichrist. And, and, and we're going to see a little bit more, it's going to open up a little bit more of that idea in chapter 17 when we get there. So for me, Babylon is, Babylon is really thinking about this whole Antichrist evil world system. And that's why it's Babylon the Great, right? So this whole one world government, one world economic uh, uh, engine, one world religion worshiping the Antichrist is this whole Antichrist system. It's, 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 it's the one world uh, uh, country. It's the one world nation, one world government that we talk about that the Antichrist is going to be over. So Babylon, the great here. So the message about this whole world system that the Antichrist leads, the message is fallen, fallen is Babylon. And notice, says it two times. It says it two times really to emphasize the certainty that it's fallen, the certainty that it's final, the certainty it's not going to rise up again, the certainty for sure Babylon is ended. Now, here in our our, our verse here, verse 8 in Revelation 14, it, the angel says it in past tense, right? Fallen, fallen, as if it's already happened. Well, it hasn't happened yet as far as our prophecy timeline. It's going to happen really when, when Jesus Christ returns. But we're, we're like in the middle area of the tribulation. So why would the angel say, fallen past tense, fallen past tense? Well, because the end of the empire of the Antichrist is for sure. It's as if it's already happened. That's how for sure it is. It's going to happen for sure. And then in verse 8, it says, She who made all nations drink the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality. So why is it going to fall? Why is Babylon, the Antichrist system, going to be judged in that way? Babylon is condemned because Babylon, this whole world system, made the world drink the wine. In other words, partake of, of, of the Antichrist system. Really, the, the, the world got intoxicated over this wine. So that's the analogy here. And it is this passion which speaks of a strong desire that consumes you. And so the world is consumed with the Antichrist. The world is consumed with this system. And so all humanity really has been taken into sinning in sexual immorality. Now that's pretty specific here, written here. So so it could speak on, in a physical sense, the, uh, it could speak of um, how 
how deviated uh, the whole issue of, of man and woman has become, and that's immoral. Yeah, and so it could be that it, it could be this uh, sex outside of marriage. It could be the whole thing, you know, uh, all that in a physical sense. Or it also could speak of, and I think it's both, a spiritual sense in that there's a spiritual adultery going on. The world has been seduced into idolizing the Antichrist, giving him worship as God and not the true God himself. Just like Israel went after idols and they committed spiritual adultery against the true God. So the whole world is here. So I, kind of, I, I was leaning toward the spiritual part, but then I stopped being yesterday and thinking about it and kind of meditating, thinking, you know what? If I look out into the world today, I think it's both. I think it's everything combined. Where if you look at society today, there's a drift from the Creator's original plan for what a man and woman is to be, right? And so the whole world is, is rebelling against God's creation as where we've been... Uh, reminded of that he's the creator and and then spiritually they're idolizing the antichrist and worshiping him and not the true god so the second angel the idea is this notifies the world what's to come the evil system is going to fall the evil system of the antichrist that really stands against god now in the way ancient past, back in Genesis chapter 11, do you remember who King Nimrod was? Remember? He gathered all the people and he built that tower in Babel. We know that the Tower of Babel. And that's really, uh, uh, I think in the Greek, Babylon is a, 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 the word for Babel there. And so he did that to unify everyone in the world against God. That was, that's what it's about. And then, Later in the ancient, ancient time past, in Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar, right? King of Babylon, erected, and we talked about this last week or the other week, erected a huge statue of himself who required everyone in the empire to what? Fall down, worship really him, this image, right? And worship him when, when the music played. So, Nebuchadnezzar, the world leader at that time, that was a world empire, of Babylon, who ruled politically, economically, made this statue of himself and mandated worship of him in an attempt to unify his whole empire spiritually. So does that sound familiar? It sounds very familiar in what the Antichrist is going to do. So, you see... Why? I feel like Babylon is this whole system. Yeah? It's like Nebuchadnezzar. It's like uh, uh, how Nimrod went against God and rebelled against God. So in this final, you can say, reincarnation of Babylon with the Antichrist, who will do the same, he's uniting the world, and he unites them into this political, commercial, economical, cultural, and spiritual, you know what? Rebellion against God. But the angel says it's going to fall. It's going to fall. The first angel brought good news of Jesus Christ. But the second angel brought bad news for the people of the world of Babylon, that Babylon's going to fall. Now imagine 
the people of the world hearing this second angel. Imagine the people of the world hearing, what, fallen, fallen, Babylon the great, quote-unquote? No, the Antichrist, his system, his power is going to crash and fall? Think about what they're thinking. So with the announcement of Babylon, fallen, fallen, it is the worldwide notification. And that is the evil world of the anti- Antichrist is ending. And that's, the, that's what we see here with this angel. The worldwide notification is that the evil world of the Antichrist is ending. This is sort of a sad saying. You know, when people say, well, you know, good things don't last forever, right? Or maybe people, you've heard people say, all good things must come to pass. Yeah, people say that. And yeah, in a, in a way it's true, right? New things get old, right? Shiny things get rusty, yeah? Kids grow up. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I remember one time my mom... Um, uh, and our, our kids were small, her grandbabies, you know, were small, and she's like looking at them, holding at them. And she turns to me, she goes, Ricky, I remember when you were cute. <laughs> Thanks, Mom, I guess I'm old and ugly now, you know. <laughs> just kidding, Mom, if you're online, just kidding. <laughs> but the reality, right, is the opposite. What we're seeing is the opposite. Bad things. Evil things will not last forever. They won't. Understand that today. Oh, child of God, understand. Do not invest your efforts in that evil, in that sinful things, yeah? In those fleshly things. It's not going to last. This world is only temporary. But we need to, what, invest in the eternal, in Jesus and the things that are coming right around the corner. I don't know, you guys, I, I, I've told some of you already, I, oh, I think Christ's return to raptures for us, the church, is right around the corner. With what I see in the world, what the news brings us every day, what, what this pandemic is doing you know, to everything, uh, the country and starting to unify everyone, uh, just prophecy yeah, seems to be fulfilled. Even what we see in the Middle East and, and the conflicts that are going there and, 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 and it just looks like we're just ready right there set up for the prophecy in Ezekiel 38, 39, you know, about the attack on Israel. We're right there. And in this short time we have, what are we investing in? Is it things that aren't going to last? Or is it in things that will last in eternity? Our rewards, yeah? Jesus Christ, our relationship with Him. That's what we should be cultivating. We, we should be doing all we can to spread the gospel as this angel did flying around. His time is short. Well, let's go to number three now. The worldwide declaration. The worldwide declaration. The door is still open. The world, number one, the worldwide revelation, the worldwide notification, and the worldwide declaration. Let, let, let's go to uh, our next section here is now verse 9 uh, through 11. And, and let's just read this whole s- 
set of verses. It says, And another angel, a third, followed, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and its image and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he also will drink the wine of God's wrath, poured full strength into the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. Verse 11, And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, these worshippers of the beast and its image, and whoever receives the mark of its name. Okay, this third angel comes out, following the other two, flies around the world, I believe just as big, speaking just as loud, uh, getting the attention of everybody. But this angel really comes in with this warning. Yeah? This warning to every person, every tribe, every language, every nation on the earth. And, and this is ominous in a way, right? It, it's like, whoa, hey, watch out. This is pretty direct because the angel is saying, if anyone worships the beast and its image, who's the beast? The Antichrist. What's the image? That, that image that was set up, yeah, I believe in a Jewish temple when the Antichrist stood there, the abomination desolation, right? Declared himself God, uh, required a whole worship, a whole world to worship him, right? That image that speaks, right? Miraculously. So anyone who worships the Antichrist, worships the image, and anyone who, we talked about this at the end of Revelation 13, who receives that mark, right? Because that mark really is representing your allegiance to the Antichrist and Satan. That's what it's about. Right? So anyone who basically gives their life to Satan yeah, and shows it, proudly shows it by worshiping the Antichrist, worshiping the image, you know what? They will also, verse 10, drink the wine of God's wrath. It's sort of a play on words, right? You know, before it was, it was, it was a drink... The, the wine who participate in Babylon. But you know what? If you drink Babylon's wine, oh, you're going to drink God's wrath coming down upon you. Judgment is going to fall upon you. You're going to drink God's judgment. And it will be poured full strength into the cup of his anger, his wrath, his judgment. What does that mean? Well, back then, understand, in ancient times, wine was usually watered down. I mean, many times wine, they would call wine, but it's like uh, disinfected water. Put a little wine in there and the water's disinfected because the water was bad, you know? And then, as remember when Jesus turned the water into wine, at the end of the party, he turned it into, into this wine that was full strength, that wasn't diluted. So God's judgment will not be diluted here. It will be undiluted. In the past, God's wrath was diluted with grace, and mercy, but not this time. That's what the angel is saying. And then in verse um, 10, it'll be full strength into the cup of his anger, and it says, And he, that person who takes the mark, worships the Antichrist, gives their life to Satan, and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur. He will be in agony. He, he will suffer with fire. The old word for sulfur is brimstone, like Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed with this burning kind of fire kind of thing. 
And so that's the judgment. They're going to be basically destroyed and they're going to be tormented uh, in agony, suffering. And notice at the end of verse 10, it says, in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb. Well, unbelievers who shame believers will now be shamed in heaven as or, or against heaven, before heaven, I should say, uh, when they really are suffering under judgment of, you know what? Hell, that's what it's about. They're going to be judged and their eternity, their soul will go to hell and spend, and look at verse 11, and the smoke of their torment, uh, their suffering, agony, goes up, what? Forever and ever. They will have no rest, day or night. This will be a 24-hour thing for anyone who worships uh, the beast, the Antichrist, who worships the image, who receives the mark, who basically gives their allegiance and gives their life to Satan and rejects Jesus. We know in the very end of Revelation that Satan, the Antichrist, the false prophet, they're going to be thrown where? Into the lake of fire. And then the great throne judgment happens and all the world will come before God be judged and they are thrown into that lake of fire the final eternal hell so those who worship and give allegiance over to the antichrist by taking the mark they're going to face eternal judgment in hell you know, the first angel proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ and the coming judgment. The second angel announces the fall of Babylon and the whole world system is going to end. And the third angel gives a warning to not reject Jesus because if you give your allegiance, if you, you worship the Antichrist, if you give uh, your life to Satan by proudly taking that mark on your forehead or right hand, you're going to be judged in eternal hell. <coughs> Perhaps now, perhaps these three angels are flying out. Think about this. Maybe at the same time, the mandate, mandate goes out for the world to take the mark. Perhaps that's what's happening here. Perhaps God, when the Antichrist is at its foot, when Satan has deceived the whole world and people are getting all excited... God in His grace and mercy sends these angels out to get everyone's attention. No, don't do that. Turn back to the Creator. Jesus can save you. You don't want to spend eternity in hell. Perhaps it's at this moment that these three angels are out there flying around, calling the world. And perhaps there's still some. I, I think about this. Perhaps there's still some who are not so sure of the Antichrist and all. Yes, generally the whole world is embracing him and, and they want the mark. They want to proudly wear the mark and everything. But perhaps there's still people out there in the world who, I don't know. But remember, it said in Revelation 13 at the end that you can't buy or sell. Yeah? And, 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 and believers, people who believe in Jesus Christ are being threatened. Yeah? So they're like, oh, what, what do we do? How can we survive? How can we live? And, and they haven't given their lives to Christ. And perhaps God is trying to reach them. That's why maybe the angel, that, that the second, was the second, or the first angel, right? He, he's, he says that fear God. Don't fear the Antichrist. Don't fear Satan. Give honor and glory and fear God. 
fear him, our creator. Perhaps that's the call. That's why it goes out in that way. Either way, God gives the whole world the opportunity to repent and to give their life to Jesus. Why? Because if you choose not Jesus and you choose Satan, you will face the consequences. And so, with the third flying angel comes the worldwide declaration. And the worldwide declaration is you will soon suffer the consequences if you give your allegiance to the Antichrist. The worldwide declaration. This is a declaration. It's this or that. It's this or that. The angel is declaring you will suffer the consequences if you give your allegiance to the Antichrist. I, I heard about a man who was speeding on the highway and he was pulled over and the police officer came up and asked him uh, to see his license. And so the man gave him his license and to try and get some leniency, you know, trying to get a, a pass this time, uh, 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 the man said, Officer, uh, did you notice on my license? It was my birthday yesterday. The officer, he was a little annoyed with that because he knew what was going on. He said, ah, yes, I did. In fact, I noticed that yesterday was the day that your license expired on your birthday. So I'm giving you two tickets. There is consequences, right, to a choice of speeding. There's consequences to drive with expired license or no license, right? Well, they're going to be expired. Uh, there's going to be a consequences in rejecting Jesus and embracing Satan. There's consequences when we we don't choose Jesus and what the Word says and we choose what we like to do, our flesh, Or, 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 or what Satan is leading us into. But the thing is, we have a choice today. Today, we have that choice. Jesus, Satan. Yeah? The Holy Spirit, temptation. Right? Live the new life, live the old sin, sinful life. We have a choice. Christ, if you're a believer, Christ has freed us from the bondage of sin. And today, we have that choice to choose God, His way, His word. And let me tell you, your choice today determines your tomorrow. There's consequences. We will reap what we sow. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week. So, with the rapture coming, you and I, we have this opportunity right now to choose. And I want to choose Jesus. I want to choose Jesus. Thank God the door is still open for that. So let's choose that. Let's go to number four now in our outline. Our last heading, the worldwide affirmation. The worldwide affirmation. We've seen the worldwide revelation, the worldwide notification, the worldwide declaration, and now the worldwide affirmation. And this is our last two verses for this morning. First of all, verse 12. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. So at this point in verse 12, John is writing here. 
John starts to, to, to speak, and maybe he's just so moved here, and he gives this, this word of encouragement. I love it because it ends up here in Scripture, and in the tribulation time, those believers that are going through it will have their Bibles, I'm sure, studying Revelation. And they'll come to verse 12 and hear John saying, this is a call. For endurance, this is an encouragement. If you understand what the angel is saying, it means evil will end soon. Babylon's going to fall. Yeah? God's going to all bring it together. We're coming around to this last lap of, of, of what's going on in the tribulation. So John call, is, gives a call for endurance to the saints. We're talking about the tribulation saints, those who came to save during the, uh, um, during the tribulation. Because the church has taken before that, right? Uh, it's a call to Jewish believers in this time of extreme persecution that's going on. And the, you guys are the one who keep the commandments of God. You you hold the word. You obey the word. You obey the truths of God's word. And, and you're not going to renounce. You hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ. And, and think about this time. This is the, the, the worst time in all of history. For Christians, yeah? uh, Christianity has been outlawed. It's legal to kill believers. And these guys are going through it. So, John's saying, you know what? If you guys living on earth at that time in the tribulation see the three angels, it's a call for endurance. Hang on. The end is just around the corner. So, hang on a little bit more. Then verse 13, he says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors for their deeds follow them. Then John writes this and all of a sudden a voice comes from heaven. Now I believe this voice is God. I, I, we've seen it in other uh, places in the book of Revelation and I told you, I think this is God. And I think this is God because God's telling John, write this. You know, and what he wrote gets inside the Word of God. Yeah, uh, a year, uh, years later, as we have our Bibles, and people in the tribulation will have their Bibles, and so God is coming in here and wants to encourage the tribulation saints. But He says something interesting. He tells John, "Write this." He says, "Blessed are the dead." Now, now, if you don't really understand that, that kind of sounds weird, right? You know, blessed are the dead. Blessed are the dead. It seems kind of strange. But but really, God's saying, you know, if you die, if you're martyred for your faith during this time of persecution, you're blessed. It's a good thing. And I could think right away, why? You'll be with your Jesus in heaven. Yeah? To be absent from the body to, well, is to be at home with the Lord. Right? And then the Holy Spirit joins in here. Yeah? He joins in. The Holy Spirit says, yeah, blessed. Blessed is the Christian who die from this time on, from this time of persecution, this time into the end of the tribulation. Why? For two reasons. Number one, they have rest from their labors. The word labors talks about toiling, and they're toiling under trouble i mean it'll just it'll be so hard just to survive right just to get food to eat because you're not going to take the mark yeah just to be able to survive and have a place to live and a car to drive because you can't without the mark but believers aren't going to take the mark at that time because their life is with jesus 
They're not going to give their life to Satan. So it's going to be so hard. It's going to be so hard going on in, this, in the worst persecution in the history of the world. And then secondly, the Holy Spirit bless you guys because your deeds will follow you. Their deeds will follow them. So when they get to heaven, what they've done to hold on to Jesus Christ, to stick to the truths of God in the world, to obey God, how they kept going in such difficult, the most difficult times ever for a believer. Holy Spirit saying, your deeds are going to follow you. You're going to be honored for that. God will recognize you for your sacrifice, for you holding on even to death. God is going to see that. So our last point is this. The worldwide affirmation is to these believers. The worldwide affirmation to believers facing martyrdom at that time is death is actually a blessing. My English isn't very good here, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> the worldwide affirmation is, the, is for these believers facing martyrdom uh, and death is actually a blessing. Hadley Robson wrote, For those who trust in Jesus Christ, death is not a sheriff dragging us off to court, but a servant ushering us into the presence of the loving Lord. I like that thought. Yeah, I like that thought. See, the tribulation saints, there is no losing here. No matter what the Antichrist, Satan throws at them, if they survive, they win. Yeah. If they die, they win. It's a win-win situation for these guys. Are you in a battle today? Do you feel weary? The attacks of Satan, the temptations coming upon you. Is it, is it a struggle just to get up in the morning? Do you, you feel so, maybe you're feeling defeated even. Hold on. Keep going. Keep fighting. You know, a lot of times the battle is really in here, right? It's in the battle of the mind. Yeah. It's really in here. But you know what? God can help you with that. You know how? The Word of God. By putting this in here. By cleansing you of the false thoughts. Of getting you focused on the promises of God and who He is. A lot of our battle is here. Uh, you know, Satan, he wants to do things to bring doubt. So we do not believe what this book says. That we, we do not think we need to live what this book says. That, that he wants us to, to believe something different about God in ourselves. So a lot of the battle is here. So we've got to keep fighting right now. But God is here to help you. God is here with the truth of the word. And you know, he's going to give us strength when we're weak. And I like the thought where we read the scriptures where God battles for us. So if we just run to God, go to him, we can find victory, you guys. Jesus rose again from the dead and he defeated sin. He defeated the devil. Right? We, we, we fight not for victory, but from victory. So be encouraged, child of God. And then when Jesus returns, when we finally go home to heaven, I, I am so looking forward to that right now. 
with everything we're going through as a world, everything I'm going through personally, every, all the attacks and battles and oppression I get, oh, weighed down sometimes. Oh, I cannot wait. And you know what? When Jesus returns, you and I will finally find rest from the toils, from the battle. And the battle will be behind us. It will just be a, a fading memory. Yeah. So hear this call from God. Keep going. Hold on. Run the race of endurance. And you know what? Get this picture. When we finally hear that call, the trumpet sounds, and we're taking up in the air, and our bodies are changing when we're Jesus, and we get to heaven, you know what we're going to see? We're going to see that open door. And you will know you can enter that door into eternity all because of what Jesus has done for you. I'll close with this poem. It's by Annie Johnson Flint. I've been reading this book of poems from her. And this poem is called The Cross and the Tomb. It goes like this. He died, said the cross. My very name was a hated thing and a word of shame. But since Christ hung on, the, on my arms outspread with nails in his hands and thorns on his head, they do but measure, set high, flung wide, the measureless love of the crucified. He rose, said the tomb. I was dark and drear, and the sound of my name wove a spell of fear. But the Lord of life and my depths have lain to break death's power and rend his chain. Rent his chain. And a light streams forth from my open door, for the Lord is risen. He dies no more. I love that. As was the tomb, so is heaven open for you today. And if you just confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So don't think that maybe you sinned too much or maybe you walked away from God too many times or maybe, oh, God has given me so many chances, I don't think I have any more, I used them up. Don't think that. Don't think God is done with you. For you know what we see here today in the book of Revelation, in the middle of this whole uh, judgment and, and the tribulation, that's rejected God, rejected Jesus. I see the love of God here, reaching out. I see the door is still open. Let's all close our eyes right now, and I just want to give opportunity quickly here to anyone who uh, has, has never given their life to Christ, never accepted Him into their life. I want to give you opportunity right now. Maybe you're online too, and maybe you're, you happen on our stream here or maybe you're listening to this later Jesus loves you God is reaching out to you with this this word today with our passage and he's saying I want you I want to save you from judgment I want to save you from your sins I want to forgive you and lift the guilt off of your shoulders I want to heal you I want to help you I want to give you a new life and free you from your sins and and perhaps today you're in that place and, and you know you need Jesus. You know you want Jesus. And you know Jesus is the only one who can save you. I want you to just, just put your hand up right now. Put your hand up if you want to receive Christ. If you're online, 
put, a, put that emoji out there that you want to do that. Perhaps you want to rededicate your life to God. Maybe you prayed to receive Christ years back or sometime back, but you've drifted and you're, you're getting all distracted and caught up in things you shouldn't be. You know what? This is the time right now, today, to come back, to recommit your life to God. Put your hand up if you'd like to do that. Show God that you want to do that. Online, you can do the same. God bless you guys. God bless. If you raise your hand, you can put them down. If you you desire to have Christ in your life and make things right with God before Christ returns, before all this ends, if you want heaven, if you want Jesus in your life, you know, just pray quickly. Just pray this prayer after me. Just repeat after me. Just say, Dear Jesus, Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of my faults. I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose again. Fill me with your spirit as I give my life to you. Come into my life as I accept you. And with this prayer, I commit everything to you. Help me to live in obedience to your word. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys online and those who said this prayer. Let me just pray one more time. Lord God, I pray for those who just prayed that prayer, and I pray for all of us here that we would be reminded that the door is still open, that there are still many who need you, Jesus, and that time is short, and soon you will be here. Lord, let us be reminded that we ourselves as believers and Christians, we need to step up and live for you now. That as the angel proclaimed and announced and warned, God, we hear it in our own hearts and lives for those areas and things that we need to change and to, to, to be different in. So God, I pray that you would help us all for those who just re- recommitted, for j- those who received Jesus, for all of us who are here seeking you, wanting you, and worshiping you. So Jesus, help us today in the battles. Give us strength, Lord. Be a shield around us. And fill us with your spirit right now. And empower us to live that life, the life for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand.